What's up guys and welcome back to the Sport Business Discovery, the podcast where I receive an expert from the sport business industry every episode to make you learn more. I hope you guys are all doing well and today's episode is with Nick Birdsong, who's director of digital and social media for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So continue to listen to this episode if you want to learn more about his career also about what he's doing currently right now with the Jacks, what he thinks about certain social media, what is his take on it, and some stuff like that. And Nick is actually a reporter, so he graduated from the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University with a Bachelor of Science. And then afterwards, after grinding in um, the sports reporting world and after having higher position with different journals, notably in Alabama, he was able to get a job with the Denver Nuggets as manager of social media and digital content. And that's what led him after to be where he's at right now with the Jaguars. So continue listening to my discussion with Nick Birdsong. I saw also that uh, the, the Jags has a podcast. Do you have a, a role in that? Are you a producer or whatever? I am I am not a producer. They have a ton of podcasts. So kind of the way we're structured is we have kind yeah, of- Yeah, they social, release a lot. We have a social digital team and then we have a, a production team, which is a, you know, we, we work together, but we're, we're two different, two different, um, two different outlets. And so, or two different teams rather. And so they, they do all of that stuff. Um, and they, they do a great job, a great job with all of the podcasts that they produce on um, the long form stuff. Um, whether it's uh, we have a podcast called Drive Time, Happy Hour, and they just they do a really really good job of uh of kind of producing those things, and we 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 stream them on our channels, but they do the the tough work of producing. Okay, okay, that's great. Um, so let's start by being uh going a bit through your bio. So if um yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. In 2006, you graduated from Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Uh, which a Bachelor of Science in Journalism. Um, so I was kind of wondering, why did you choose journalism for um, your bachelor? What do you think was maybe your main motivation at the time to go in that field? Yeah, um, absolutely. So obviously, you know, 2006 was a, was a very, very long time ago. Um, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. I try to tell, I try to tell uh, kind of like younger people all the time how old I am. If you put it, I'm 39, but to put it in context, like, Facebook came out when I was in college, uh, when I was in high school, there was no social media. And so, um, you know, media, even how we consume it and how we experience it was, was very different then. Um, and so, but the short answer is, is like, I'm not very good at math. And so I've always been better with, with, uh, with words and, 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 and things like that. So English and history and stuff like that were, were, were my stronger subjects in high school. So, um, and then I started working on like my school high school yearbook and stuff like that towards the end of my high school career. Got to write about you know my friends who played football and stuff like that. And and so I was like, hey, maybe I want to be a sports reporter. And so that's kind of what took off, uh, you know, where that took off from. And then when I got in college, I kind of fo- uh, followed the same path, writing for the school magazine, writing for the school uh, newspaper, um, and focusing on sports, which is something that I've always played and always loved. So it really. And that kind of morphed into doing social media as time kind of went on and social media platforms um, became more um, more prevalent. Yeah, that's great. And do you think you had, were you reading a lot of journals or newspapers back then? Or was it more like following your friends and kind of get away to like 
nervously be with the gang, but be Im implicated in some kind of way. And at the same time, you weren't doing, I guess, boring stuff like math or whatever. <laughs> a little, a little bit of both. I mean, um, to become a better writer, you have to read good writers. And so, um, I definitely had my favorites, um, when I was, a, when I was a sports writer, when I was in college and even uh, kind of the first half of my career, um, when I was doing those things, I, I, I read a, a ton of sports writers. Um, Scoop Jackson, um, I, don't know if you got, I don't know if you know who that is, but he was one of my favorite writers. Um, Bill Simmons was one of my favorite writers at the time. Um, and so I, I would read all of those guys. There was a time when I first got on social media, I was following like every NBA beat reporter that I could find. Um, so, uh, you know, just trying Pat Forty for college football. I got a chance to work with Michael DeCourcy when I was at Sporting News and just kind of, you know, I love sports anyway, so I want to read the stuff they were writing, but it definitely helped me become uh, help me become a better writer. Yeah, definitely great. And while you were in university, um, I saw that you were quite implicated, and I was wondering if you could, like, with Noli working on the student produced newspaper, who was produced three times a week for me. That uh, I mean, that's a lot. At my school, I think it's like once a month or whatever. So you guys are doing a great job. Anyway, I'm not participating in it, but I know it's not like that that often out. Um, so I was wondering if you could maybe tell us how important uh, it is for you, it was for you and it is for the audience that are listening to just get implicated and as much as they can so that can later on they can use a leverage and it can pay off. Yeah, I mean, that was that was foundational for me. Um, I think that the benefit of, of, of working um, for, for student media, I can't, um, I mean, I can't can't talk about it enough, but for me, it was the opportunity to, to learn how to do what I wanted to do professionally. Um, you know, um, and, and, you know, the benefit is, is, you know, you may not be getting paid at all, or you may not, or you may be getting paid very little, um, but you get the, the opportunity to learn and to grow and, and to kind of make mistakes because once you're, you know, you're competing for jobs and once you get one, you know, then it's, then you're a professional and you're expected to, you know, be as good as a professional is. And so, um, in order to get to that point, you have to get some experience. And that gave me valuable experience of going out, covering games, doing interviews, writing feature stories, writing briefs, writing columns. Um, and, and basically the good thing about student media is you can get as much experience as, as you want because it's, it's about your hustle. Whereas like, you know, you can't just walk up to your local newspaper or walk up to your, um, you know, your local television station and say, Hey, put me in there. But generally, like at the student level, they're looking for people who are who are hungry and who want to learn and who want to who want to get better. And and you know, if you if you're willing to uh, to put in the work, you can get the experience and, and start your skill set. So it was it was it was vital for me. Okay, and after that, I guess you, you use it a lot um, because from 2007 to 2012, you were reported at the Aniston uh, Star. Uh, in Alabama, and you cover 31 high schools. So I was wondering if uh, you could tell us more on how it was to cover these schools that don't actually get uh, the high coverage that uh, an NCAA team, a, a team or athletics or whatever, or a professional team can get, how it was different, how it was maybe were closer to the athletes or whatever, how it was to cover this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, generally, if you're trying to be a sports reporter, that's going to be, it may be a little bit different now, but back then that was kind of the entry level role, which would be a high school sports reporter. So I was in, uh, that's East Central Alabama. The easiest way to describe it is like, um, I don't know how familiar you are with this area, but it's, it's on I 20, um, between Atlanta and Birmingham. Um, Anderson's kind of like the, the city between those areas. And, and so, um, 
it was it was great. I, honestly, that was the probably the, the best, most fulfilling, um, and most challenging job I had. Like if you cover high school football in Alabama, you, know, you can you can do anything. And it was a great opportunity for me. There were you know um, big schools. One of the biggest schools I covered was uh, was Oxford High School. At one point, they had uh, like four guys that ended up in the NFL. They had a, a guy named Quan Alexander who played for the Jets this past season. Um, went to LSU. They had Trey Elson. He played for a number of NFL teams like the Bills and the Eagles. He went to Ole Miss. Um, they had Bobby McCain. He's, he's in the NFL now. He just, I think, recently got released by the uh, Washington Commanders. And they had a guy named Rachel Thomas who uh, played, played for the Vikings for a little bit. And he, they were all on one high school team. So um, it was an amazing opportunity. I mean, like you said, yeah, like high school, you, you get to be right there up close and personal. Um, you know, it's, it's not, there's not like a, a sports information director that you have to go through, like in college or, you know, request, request an interview with a big PR team. It's really about building relationships and, and going to practices and getting phone numbers. And sometimes you got to go to some, some, some school, I don't know what they call it, city council meetings and school board meetings and stuff like that. Um, but it, you know, it, it was all a great, a great experience, um, a great experience for me. And like all of the skills that I gained there are, are the same skills that I use now in my role. Yeah, I was wondering if you had maybe at that time, um, you said you cover football, but after also you work with basketball, did you have some kind of sport that you felt that you were most interested in or it was more like, oh, I, I love sports, whatever it may be, you know, maybe basketball and football are actually bigger also in that region, but um, did you ever have, honestly, only interest with foot for, for football, but did you feel that, you were more going to a sport in particular? Um, n n no, I mean, I love, I love football. Obviously I work in football now, but um, basketball is actually my favorite sport. Um, I played tennis in high school when I was younger. I played baseball. I, I don't like to watch baseball at all, but when you're a high school sports supporter and even a college sports supporter, even though your primary focus is usually on, um, on football and basketball, those are in college, those are, um, are usually the, the revenue generating sports. So th that's where the most fan attention is. Um, but, um, you know, you have to follow the sports calendar. And so, um, when I was, when I was a high school sports reporter, you know, in the fall or summer or fall, you start off with, with football. Um, but then basketball picks up, you get on that. And then you have the spring sports, you get on baseball, cover soccer, cover golf, cross country, track and field, you know, what, whatever was going on. Um, Anything on the plane. Yeah. Whatever's going on. And that's really more about being a journalist, being a reporter. Like if you can write about, if you know how to interview people and, read and synthesize information and, and, and write you can pretty much write about anything you know you don't it doesn't have to even be sports but yeah you you, you follow the the sports calendar wrestling i did a ton of wrestling stuff so nice <laughs> and, and it's it's whatever and did you also have tennis sometimes a time or no uh yeah definitely i definitely covered some tennis a little, little little bit of tennis wasn't as big tennis wasn't as big in uh in alabama but um yeah covered tennis for sure Okay, nice. And then following that in 2012, yeah, in 2015, you started your journey more in social media and digital content. So more like the job that you were there and that you have now. Um, so I was wondering if you, this, you can, this, when you were working at the Sporting News and magazine, and I was wondering if you could describe to me a bit more in detail, what was like to do, I guess, this kind of switch of more position or were the main duties that you had there? Uh, how was it different for your, from your other job? And yeah. So, um, so the other jobs were, you know, strictly reporting. So, you know, going out to games, covering them, going out to practices, interviewing people, writing game stories, writing feature stories, 
previews, briefs, all of that stuff. Um, Sporting News used a lot of the same skills, but um, when I applied there, they were looking for, um, they were looking for, I think, I forget what they called it, like a digital content producer or something like that. But but basically they were trying to build out a, a news desk, people who would um, synthesize information and, and kind of bring, um, kind of write, you know, reports for their website. Um, but also like social media was kind of um, proliferating at the time. And so they gave me an option. It was like, hey, you could either, you know, kind of be a writer, what you've done for us normally, you know, what you've done in your career normally, or like we see you know, on social media, um, you know, you could help us run our social media channels. And I was like, well, social media seemed to be, you know, blowing up. This is kind of where everything is headed. And I was like, I can always be a writer, a reporter. I've done that, you know, for years. I know how to do that. Let me learn something new. And so they gave me the opportunity to help run their Twitter and their uh, Facebook accounts, which um, at the time primarily was just posting links on, on, on both sites. And maybe you write like a, whatever you thought was a catchy status for a post or something like that. Um, but it gave me kind of like a foray into that world and, and, and kind of understanding how fans respond to things and whatnot. And so, um, and then at the same time, um, they gave me the opportunity to write. I wrote columns, I wrote feature stories. Um, uh, I, I was a college basketball editor while I was at Sporting News. So I got to do a, a, where I had to work with a budget and I had to hire freelancers and edit things. And so they gave me a, a well-rounded kind of digital media experience, which kind of led to me being able to, to kind of work for a team on the social media side, which is what I've done since 2018. Okay, cool. And actually, when you did your work uh, before uh, as a reporter, were you doing uh, more uh, like paperwork or was it starting already to go through that then transition to go online? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it was already starting to go online. So when I, so my uh, my second job when I was a college sports reporter at AL.com, uh, which is like the the company that owns uh, the Birmingham News, the mobile mobile press register and the Huntsville Times, um, what they did, they were one of the first major daily newspapers to, to kind of scrap their physical daily newspaper uh, format and go to like an all digital platform where they only produce the newspaper three week, uh, three times a week, but you could read everything um, online. So um, what they did was they hired a bunch of younger, supposedly like tech savvy um, reporters such as myself um, to uh, to to kind of spearhead this movement into into the online you know, into the online world or whatever. And so they would have us do stuff like you vote for the web, you would write, you know, something and have to publish it immediately. You would take your phone when you, you would do an interview um, and you would either embed the interview in your story, you would post the interview to the website itself. And so they were kind of one of the first major daily newspapers to do that. So I was already kind of gaining that experience of writing for the web, writing for writing immediately, writing something quick for the web and then following up later, having a different version for the newspaper than it was than it was online and stuff like that. That's just the way that people are trying to navigate that now. I don't really I don't think that's what they do anymore, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I was kind of gaining gaining that experience already through that through that job. Okay, nice. And with AL.com, did you have experience specifically with social media or was more down like platforms website? Uh... Um, no, I mean, actually during that time is when I kind of got on social media, like for, for work purposes. So, um, you know, they established kind of like an Instagram page and things of that nature. And, you know, would post of, hey, I'm at this game. Um, and even, or even, you know, you would, you know, you would tweet through a game and stuff like that. That's when that was a big thing. I don't know how big that is now, but reporters live tweeting through games was a big thing. A play happens, you update people, they will follow you to kind of get the updates if they weren't at the game type of thing. Um, so 
Um, now I know they have like entire setting screen experiences and things like that, but that was kind of like a big thing then. So those, those worlds were all kind of merging around that time. Like, remember this is around 2012. If you know, I, I don't even know how old you are, but, um, this is around 2012. 2012 was eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is when all of those things were kind of emerging for, for adults anyway. And, and so, um, that, those worlds were kind of all colliding yeah and you're starting also in those years to see that you could like social non-dive social media was initially like always perceived as a joke before but you're starting like people are starting to make a living out of it some stuff like that exactly exactly yeah you're starting exactly. to see that growth in those years so that that's definitely when it kind of blew up more i was wondering what do you think aside from like trying other things maybe made you uh do that switch from more reporter to social media and what do you think you had that made you a great fit for the job so good that actually uh you worked for the the nuggets in uh, 2018 as their manager of uh, social media and digital content yeah i mean i think um i, I don't know like I, like I, I really just got kind of the kind of the bug like what i was telling you about the the job with uh with the um in charlotte at sporting news i was like man like social media just seems to be taking off like i know i can write i know i can um i can do these but let me at least learn a little bit about these things so i just kind of saw like the proliferation of social media um where things were headed um and 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 you know it, it we have i I don't, I didn't make this up, but one of my mentors did. he said, your social media presence, your social media team or strategy will never be smaller. And so I just knew that this, this is where I needed to be. You know, they would always need people to write and stuff like that, but I knew that I needed to be um, in that space and slowly but surely I was just picking up the skills, you know, um, along the way in order to be able to, in order to be able to do this, these things. And then it was a really interesting time too. I think it's probably more difficult to kind of get into the spaces that I'm in now. Um, just because, you know, the social media platforms have been around so long, people know so much more about them. But, but like, I think at the, the time that I got in, they were looking for people to come and take ownership of these platforms. Like you were saying, like, people were still kind of doubting the legitimacy of social media, right? Like, okay, maybe it's something that people just use socially, but how do people use it professionally? How do brands use it? All of those questions were still being answered, were still being answered, right? Still being asked. Now it's like, you know, the biggest thing in the world, you have people who get degrees in social media and stuff like that. And so, so like, <laughs> that's what, crazy, but so, it's true. So, so yeah. So like, you know, this was used to, it used to, like, I remember when Twitter first came out, it was just something me and my friends would crack jokes on each other with, you know what I mean? So, um, but so when I came to sporting news, um, you know, they were looking at me like, you know, we see that you're on there. Maybe you can help us figure out this social media thing that, that doesn't happen anymore. Now they're looking for somebody who really knows, who really has kind of a, 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 a point of view, who has an understanding, who knows the difference between the platforms, who understands, you know, how brand is supposed to be expressed, who understands how to connect with fans. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a different, it's a different conversation. Um, I look at it like if you kind of look at, I don't know how big of a basketball fan you are, but that's probably one of the reasons why like the Golden State Warriors have a huge following is because they were winning championships right when all the social media platforms started to proliferate, right? So yeah, it was easier to create content back then. 2013, 2014, like, you know, everybody, they were hot. They were hot. Everybody was following them. So, so kind of the same thing, like, you know, these companies were ran by kind of, you know, older people who had been in the business for a long time, who had been in marketing, who had been in, um, but now you have these emergent social media platforms coming up and they need, 
people to kind of inform them on how to run it, you know, how to how to incorporate it in the business. And so I kind of was able to get in at that point. And there's still some some truth to that. Like I'm 39. I tell people all the time, like I understand TikTok from a um, from a business perspective and I, and I study it. But personally, I have no desire to be on TikTok. I have no desire to post anything on there. So you're always going to need to stay in tune with younger people who are who are kind of at the grassroots. And sometimes it's not younger people. Some, you know, some older people are, are great with learning a new platforms, whether it's Discord or whether it's TikTok or whatever the, you know, the newest thing that, that comes out is. But I, I, I was, I was at that, that pivotal point where they really needed people to come along and help them. Now it's like, you better be qualified when you come in here for a social media job and, and we know what we're looking for. So now you kind of have to tell us, you know, what do you do that's different? How do you stand out? What is your understanding of this? But there's a blueprint for it. I think back then there was less of a blueprint for it. Yeah. And when I think about old people being old people, not that old, but like, I think about like, let's say Gary Vee, he's really, really good with social media and even he's uh, more than 40, I think. So you can always have um, obviously out, outliers, but you can have some people that adapt. But I think also it's great if you have the kind of like newest generation who know more how to deal with because it gives you a different perspective and also gives them opportunity to learn and grow. And then after being teached by just people that are younger for, for, for the next few years, or maybe uh, later on, it's not going to be web 2.0 no more. It's going to be web 3.0 and then it's going to be more uh, blockchain or whatever the, the, by then. So we'll see. And really like, it's not about, it's not, it's not necessarily about age, but it really is, is about is the, the early adopters. You know what I mean? Like the people who get on the platforms when they first start, they, they're, they're on there, they're experimenting, they're learning, they're seeing what, what works and what doesn't. Um, like you said, it, it, it could be somebody who's in their who's in their forties, but if they're on the platforms and they're active and they understand how they work, they understand, you know, they make the mistakes, they get the experience. Those are going to be the people who you need to be informed by. So there, it's really more like the early adopters. A lot of times, those people are younger because they're just trying, you know, new things out, so to speak. But yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, and I think for that you need a lot of uh, sense and a lot of intuitivity. Um, so I was wondering. Um, in your role, do you ever got like, um, let's say with the Nuggets or the Jaguars, when, when uh, I guess we were with the Nuggets, but when TikTok came around, did you have somebody in your team that was like, oh, that that's the thing that we got to get on? Because, you know, there's always social media platforms that uh, are creating, but to pick the right one that is going to blow up or be more popular, you have to have a great sense of what was wondering if it's somebody, is somebody something you ever encountered. Yeah, absolutely. Um when I was with the Nuggets and TikTok, you know, started becoming more popular. Um, uh, one of the things that one of the things that we had to our advantage was we had just hired a role um, for a, a Chinese language specialist. Um, and, and because Weibo was was you know obviously the Chinese market is big. I don't do you know what Weibo is? Uh, Weibo. Yeah, I heard about it. I don't know exactly. It it's. Yeah, essentially, essentially like Chinese Facebook is, is basically the easiest way to, 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 uh, to describe it. Um, but we had hired the, the, the league had an, the NBA had an emphasis on that. And so we hired a native speaker. Um, she happened to, you know, have worked with a, with a high major division one basketball program already, was fluent in Mandarin and really understood the NBA, really understood culture, really understood basketball. And so, um, that became like, you know, and, and she was had, happened to have like some really uh, good video editing and artistic skills. And so she kind of took off with, with, with TikTok and was really kind of the person that was informing us on, you know, what to do on the, what to do on that platform until, um, you know, until everybody kind of caught on and kind of caught up with it. And so, like you said, you kind of, you always need 
those people who are who are the early adopters who really you know get in on a platform and really understand and then sometimes you got to roll your sleeves up and you become that person um i think um for you know someone like you or anyone else trying to enter an industry i think that's one of one of the things one of my friends always says is when you become the person um, meaning you become the go-to person in your organization who's the expert on something you make yourself that much more invaluable so um if nick knows about TikTok, and not many people in this building do not saying i'm a TikTok expert because i'm not but um that gives me that that differentiates me from you know my, my peers my counterparts and they know that they have to come to me um you know for that knowledge and it also gives me an opportunity to contribute and teach everyone else and kind of and kind of you know uplift the organization uplift the program in that way so you know if there's an emergent platform at some point it's going to have there's there's a, a business end that needs to be met for all of these platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, you name it, Discord, Snapchat, whatever. If you can figure out how that can help drive engagement, help generate revenue, um, you're going to make yourself that much more valuable. And how do you think you practice yourself, I guess, doing that or you practice this ability? Is it by just working on it, being on it, external information or whatever, any of those? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. I mean, being on it, there's, there's no, there's no replacement, you know, for that. Like when you're on the platform, you're engaging, you're posting, you're figuring it out in real time and you're learning. That's, I think that's, that's very important. Um, but also I think being a student, you know, you look at other, um, whether it's a team or a brand or maybe even individuals, whoever is growing their audience and um, doing it, doing it at a high level, make sure that you observe those things. And then, of course, like there's trade publications you can read, front office sports. There's a million accounts who uh, um, it's actually one of my uh, one of my employees calling me, but I'll call them back. Um, um, there's a million, you know, websites and things of that nature who talk about social media growth and things like that. But I think being on the platform, observing them, studying them, um, noting trends, and then also being able to see how, how people tell stories, how people grow a brand, how people, uh, how people interact with certain types of content. Um, I, I'm pretty, there's a, a, some skills that you need to have, but really it's just, man, being observant, taking, being observant, taking notes, um, mental notes, physical notes, whatever, you, however you do it. Um, and, and then being able to translate that to whoever your employer is or, or whoever your client is, if you're a freelancer. Yeah, and then try it and show it, uh, yeah, show, show it to your employer that you brought valuable uh, information, but you see the observation that you did there. And I think one thing that is great about that is you can kind of like, because, you know, let's say you're, you're, you're on TikTok or whatever new social media platform there is, I think you can combine fun and business together because I think you're still enjoying the platform, uh, getting that little dopamine rush of yours that you need or whatever. But um, also at the same time, I think you can learn more uh, on the business side and get converted to uh, valuable business information. So I definitely think that's great. Um, you spoke about mentors before. I was wondering if you could maybe develop more on the impact that some of them had on you and how do you think uh, it's important if you want to have a career in sports to not actually have a, a whole lot of mentors, but maybe one person that you can use more as a guide that you can use uh, on your path to uh, your dream job. Yeah, I think um, I think you just said it. I, I know I use that term. I use it kind of loosely because I, I think it to different people it means um, different things, and some of that is based on experience. Some of that is based on 
expectation. Um, but I think like I think I like what you said as far as just having a, a person or maybe a, a few people that you use as guides. I think um, you can have active and inactive mentors. Like there are some people that you can just learn from through observation. Maybe you follow what they do. Um, people do podcasts, interviews. Um, you know, write articles all the time. You can glean from that stuff without ever having a personal relationship with them. So um, I think I think um, the, the, the first thing that I'd say is, you know, I tell people this all the time, like, you know, nobody is going to look out for you like you. You know what I mean? Um, you have to be your own mentor. You have to be your own biggest advocate because anything that someone else does for you, they're going to do that after they do everything they need to do for themselves, their career, their family, you know. And so, you know, a lot of times people, people will pursue a person as a mentor and they really want somebody to put them in a position. And that's just not going to be realistic all the time. Well, people help you obviously, but it's like anything else. Like if my car breaks down on the side of the road and um, I just sit there, a lot of times people are going to pass me by, right? If I just sit in my car, but if I get outside and I, and I start pushing my car, you'll be surprised how many people come alongside you and help you push your car. So um, I think, um, in, in, but, but, but just real like tangible tactical stuff. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, I always say everybody is busy, but, you know, nobody is too busy. And if they, you know, can't be afraid for a no or, you know, no, I can't do it or a, a non-response because you're just back in the same place you were. You didn't lose anything from that. Um, but then but then also, like, you know, people have been in the same position that you are. You know, they want to help as much as they can. Um, but I think, you know, just keeping that realistic perspective that they're going to help you as, as, as much as they can. You know, and you have to be your own, like I said, be your own mentor, be your own biggest advocate. Like the person that I was mentioning when I when I said that, you know, really we've had, you know, over the years, we've probably had five or ten conversations, but they are, they've all been very fruitful, very impactful. Um, and, and, I, you know, one of the biggest helps that I got from him was I just watched the podcast interview that he did right before I interviewed for my job with the Nuggets. And then I just went and said everything he said in the interview to them and, and it worked. So, uh, you know, <laughs> That's it. Be, be, your, be your own biggest advocate, be willing to be willing to learn, pick up different things, um, gain experience on your own. Take what you're doing at your level as serious as, you know, if I work for an NFL team, people say, oh, that's a big deal. But, man, if you're working for your college. It's, that's it's just as big a deal to you, you know what I mean? So when I was a high school sports reporter and I was covering, you know, small 1A, 2A football games in Alabama on the reg, you know, regular season, I was covering, you know, JV girls, I didn't cover JV girls basketball, but I was covering like small school girls basketball or whatever. Look, I was writing about it like it was the NBA finals. I was writing like 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 about it like it was a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like because whatever I'm doing is the most important thing to me. In my mind, it is a Super Bowl. In my mind, it is the NBA finals. In my mind, it is the NFL playoffs. I tell people that all the time. I think a lot of times folks think like, oh, I'll I'll buckle down and get serious about it or or put the time and effort into it when I get to that level. But it's like you're never gonna get there if you take the attitude like what you're doing. You know, right now, like this podcast interview, I don't care if 12 people see it. You take you look at it like it's I am athlete. You look at it like it's the pivot. You take it as seriously as as you can, because, you know, that that's what it is for you. Whatever you're doing is the most important thing. So I think, um, you know, just have realistic expectations when it comes to when it comes to mentors. But don't be afraid to pursue people. Everybody's super accessible now. You can message them on LinkedIn. You can DM them on social media. If they reply and they have something to offer you. Cool. If they don't, that's cool, too. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is so great because you just made me realize something that I can like more put a word word on um, because I'm in say my second year in, in college and in my first summer, um, I worked with professional teams, but it was entry level job. 
And now I have um, some of my friends who are in the first year program, um, so like a year younger than me, who are going through the same steps. And for me, I was like, I was thinking, like, yeah, it's a great experience to get. But at this stage for me that I was at right now, I've already done those jobs. So it wasn't like that fun or that exciting or whatever to me because I wanted more. But for them at the time, like you said, it's the biggest deal for them and they're going to give everything. So I think this is a super important pattern um, that comes back often. And this is this can just be in sports, can be in all areas of life. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think this is super important. And so this proved the statement that no job is, is really too small, you know, and to yeah, get yeah. to the to, yeah, to get to the other step. You, you gotta go first to these and then you can go up, 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 up. But yeah, you have to start somewhere. Okay. That's great. Do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, no, I, th I think, um, I think that, I think that what you said was, was, was spot on, man. Like, um, it, it, because the thing is, is like also too, like some of the, some of the skills and some of what you're doing is, is trans is, is transferable. Right. So like, if you're, if you're covering, if you're doing like a highlight tape, for a uh, for a for a high school football player, right? Um, if I see it, or if anyone, or you know, whatever that next step is, you want to work for a college, and they see your high school highlight, what they're looking for is, you know, how how good is is he as a shooter? He or she is a shooter. How crisp were the transitions? You know, what music did they select? How, what emotion did they were they able to create? those are, you're going to do the same thing at the next level. You know what I mean? It's just different, you know, it's just different players. It's just a different setting. And so, you know, you're selling yourself short if you don't take what you're doing at the level that you're at, you know, uh, extremely serious, you know what I mean? So, um, no, nah, man, I think that's a, that's a great perspective to have is like, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering if you could maybe, I think sometimes people get confused between what is, um, or at least I was before, so I was wondering maybe it's the case of other people, uh, in between the manager and the director position. Yeah, so yeah. can you just uh, say to us a bit what uh, is the different responsibilities uh, mm -hmm. aside from salary? <laughs> yeah, there are some salary differences, but yes, that comes with, that comes with more responsibility, right? Typically, uh, if you get a promotion, you're either going to do more work and you're going to have more responsibility or different types of work and have more responsibility. So I, I would say um, it depends on the organization, right? Like the, the job titles or job titles change from organization to organization. Um, but typically you have like an entry level role, right? They, some people may call it a coordinator. We call it a specialist. Um, and then you're going to have uh, like a manager role. Um, and then you're going to you know, there's all kinds of, sometimes there's stuff in between there, but typically you're going to have a coordinator and manager and, and then you have a director and then you'll have like, some people have senior directors and then you have VPs and up, right? So um, other than the salary, um, the difference is, is usually kind of responsibility. So um, a, a social media manager at a lot of places is often like um, very tactical, right? They're responsible for the day-to-day -day operations, post by post, what goes out, you know, making sure we have this on the right platform, this in the right aspect ratio, so on and so forth, right? Um, they And they usually, they will have the assistance of like a coordinator or a specialist that report up to them. Director kind of sits atop the team, um, and, and I'll explain the rest of the scope to you as well. Um, and so like my job is I have like six or seven people that report to me 
like uh, two coming up on like three managers and then the people that report to them, they all kind of report up to me. So my role is more strategic, right? It's my job to set what the vision for our, for our team is, um, hire, hire people, put them in the position that they need, make sure that they have the resources that they need, um, so on and so forth. So typically you're talking about the higher you go up the org chart, the higher you go up the, the totem pole, the chain of command, whatever you want to call it, you're going to have more direct reports, be responsible for more people, and your role is going to be more strategic um, as tactical. So I might not be the person that's hitting send on the tweet or replying to the post, but it's my job to set the strategy to hire the team to make sure that things are running as they should. And then I report up to our senior director of marketing, um, so on and so forth. And it's my job to um, be able to um, communicate what our strategy is, set our vision for, for different things. Um, I do a lot of, I write a lot of one cheaters, uh, I write a lot of, you know, build a lot of pitch decks out, stuff like that. Um, and so just kind of, I guess, if you were looking at it being more of a, an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator as opposed to a player, um, I guess okay. that would be the, the easiest way to describe it. Right? Nice. And then he reports to the head coach and the head coach kind of like the senior director to, to the GM or the vice, yeah, and, and then vice president was like GM or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And everybody ultimately reports up to the owner. So, so yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, that, that's probably the best way to describe it. Okay. Perfect. And, um, what do you think is key for growing social media fan bases on different platforms? Maybe you could do a quick overview of, I don't know, three, three or four that you just got in mind. What are the kind of like, uh, I, I know you can maybe, uh, disclose everything, but what are maybe some things that you, you think people need to have to grow their fan base because you guys did great in the recent few years with Jags. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> That's like the million dollar question. But I think, I think, um, one in, in sports, I would just be blatantly honest with you. There is no, there is no, uh, replacement for, uh, winning for winning. Yeah. For success on the field. Like we were able to grow our platforms a lot the last six or seven weeks of the season because we went on a winning streak and we, you know, had the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, and we played on national TV two, two weeks in a row. Um, one was for the division championship and the other one was for, it was in the playoffs when we came back from being down 27 and nothing. So you're going to, when your team is on national TV, when they're the only game that people can watch, they're going to grow. Now, what you want to do is you want to make sure that your practices are in place so that you can take advantage. And I'm speaking primarily from the team standpoint, right? Like you want to make sure that what you're doing is um is provocative so that when you have those eyes on you you gain those fans right you want to be when you when you when you when, you're, when the team starts winning you want to you want to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to be successful so i think um from my seat um and i know this is going to sound cliche but part of it is is having having the right people in the right position i was in an opportunity i was in a good situation where i got to hire my entire team when i got here so I, so everybody that's on my team, I got to handpick them and they're, and they're incredible. Our graphic designer, you know, he's amazing. Our social content producer is amazing. Our, our social media manager is great. People on our digital marketing management team are, are really, really good. Um, so that's not, that's not like, hey, do this on this particular platform, but to get kind of granular, I think part of it is just understanding like aspect ratios is huge, like what types of, you know, what types of videos should I post on? Should I need to be posting vertical videos, nine by 16 on Instagram reels? How long do they need to be? They need to be high impact. I need to 
Uh, I need to grip people, get their attention in the first one to two, three seconds where they're going to turn or they're going to turn it off. You know what I mean? Um, understanding, you know, what makes a video compelling, what, what, you know, understanding audience, audience behavior, consumer behavior, stuff like that. Um, and, and that's going to be particular to, um, your audience. Like Jaguars fans are different from, uh, Commanders fans or they're different from Titans fans. And so you really have to understand your fan base and then be able to speak their language and, um, and communicate to them in ways that, that are, that are compelling to them. Um, and, and a lot of that is just, man, the, the more things change, the more they say the same, read, man, read the comments, you know, understand what people are talking about, what they want to see. Um, and then, and then be able to serve that up to them all. Um, for example, uh, Jack's fan base is, is, is really crazy. They have all kinds of inside jokes and stuff like that. And so we try to make sure that we understand those things so that we can make those references and they love it when we do, um, because they know that we're paying attention to them. So really understanding who your audience is and then what they're going to respond and react to is, is, is really important. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is also maybe the part where you're working more or maybe you're doing by, uh, with your department, but I guess it's the part you're working more maybe with the marketing research department when you're more searching like the people Jacksonville, um, looking yeah. for maybe what is like, is it more families or whatever? Are you working also with the marketing research department for this? Yeah. So we have, we have a, an analytics department and, and we know, uh, we understand they call it a, a DMA. We understand kind of our DMA, like w what the Jacksonville market is made up of, whether that's what types of people live here, what types of things they're into. But oftentimes, man, like if you're in social and digital, you're your own marketing research team. Like you, you, you really are going to understand the fan base probably more than, more than, if not just as, as good as anyone else. And you're kind of going to be kind of on the pulse because you're getting real time reaction. You're seeing what people are into in real time on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, some of that statistical information um, is, is really good. You have to kind of parse it though, you know, like you, numbers can numbers can be tricky, you know what I mean? Um, um, you have to understand that uh, everybody in the city isn't necessarily a Jaguars fan. So you want to try to understand like how you can convert those people who are going to be your people that are going to, you know, that are going to be the most likely to transact the box, et cetera. So um, all of that stuff is, is important. But a lot of times, man, like, Social media is giving you that information right there. There's so much um, that you can consume right there, but it is good, like you said, to work with your marketing research team so that you can um, you can have kind of the, the, those big picture information about the city, about the region, all of those things are, are, are really helpful as well. Okay. And for your team, is it like everybody more working on doing posts on all the platforms? Or do you have like a TikTok specialist or somebody doing the Instagram, somebody doing... Uh, Facebook and other platforms? Yeah. So um, the quick answer is no, everybody is not publishing to every platform. Um, what we, what we try to do is kind of let the social media manager kind of, kind of run that. Like um, that would be one of his responsibilities of like who's publishing on, on, on what platforms and who all needs access. We try to support each other. You don't want to make everything one person's responsibility, especially in our case, because we, we publish so much. So, um, if a person needs to go on vacation or if a person needs a day off or something like that, you don't, you want to be able to have some, some, some balances in place to be able to support them. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's good for everybody to kind of understand the voice and you establish what that is and everybody be able to communicate that. But that's probably why you want, I, I would say you don't want everybody publishing because I'm not you, right? Like, even if we 
talk about what our social media voice is, it's going to come across a little bit different. So you want to try to have some consistency about who's posting. Um, and then, you know, everybody kind of has access. Everybody on the team has some access if they need to. Um, but we kind of keep it to like one or two people publishing on each platform. Okay, cool. And for you more on the personal side, if we go more uh, towards your job, what is the things that you prefer doing? What are your least favorite things? What is maybe one of the best moments that you had in your career? Yeah, um, I mean, so for me as as a director, like I, I want to be able to, to to support, you know, everything. Like I have all of the passwords. I, if I need to publish, I, I do. You know, I'm not above I'm not above that at all. Like, you know, I, I was a social media manager before, so I was a social media coordinator before. So I'm 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 always down to publish, always down to help ideate, um, you know, things of that nature. Um and I think like, you know, as a leader, when your people know that either that you're gonna roll your sleeves up and work just as hard as them, a lot of times, you know, like people are like, Oh, my boss doesn't work that hard, you know, whatever. And so when when they see that you know, their bosses were going to do everything that they were going to do. We're going to work just as hard, put in the time that, that I care just as much as they do. You know, you're going to be able to get that much more out of them and they're going to respect you that much more. Um, I always say, you know, this job is, is I'm extremely blessed to have this job as far as like stuff that you don't that you don't like. It's really few and far between, man, like in the grand scheme of things like, you know, there's always creative differences and things like that, but it doesn't really like boil over into like it all out and out argument or anything like there's you know things that you have to work through we have a ton of partners i think that's always really really tedious um you know you have to make sure that you're giving that you know you're integrating their logo in the right way that you put them on the, the assets that they're supposed to be on so that you guys can bring in that money but you know it, it's 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 all part of the job i think for me the most satisfying thing is there's always big moments like this year you know being in the stadium when we won the afc south i mean that was just an amazing experience being there for the third largest uh, come back in NFL playoff history. That's amazing. But honestly, man, I, I think it's just really being able to work with the people that I work with. Like I talk about this with my team all the time. Like every job isn't like this, you know, but when we're out, like somebody goes on vacation, you know, we miss some time. Like we really miss each other. Like we have a good time and we have, we have a ball doing what we do. Um, and, and that's rare. Like, you know, it's not like that at every job, but for us, it really is like that. And then, and then, um, and then I think like just being able to add to people's enjoyment, like people, um, you know, people come to sports, sports is entertainment, right? Like um, people, you know, come to a game and they want to have a good time. You know, they want to cheer on their favorite team. They want to remember those moments. Um, and so in, in, in a small way, you get to add to people's enjoyment to something that they really love and that they're really passionate about. And you get and in social, you get to see. Um, you get to see them express that kind of immediately, whether it's reading the comments or the retweets or, or stuff like that. And you know that you're you're they're adding to people's enjoyment. You're you're making their life better. Man, y'all may have had a, a a bad day, um, or you know, girl may have had a a bad day, or you don't know what people are going through, but they you know they're rooting for their favorite team, and you get to add to that to that enjoyment. It's you know that's always satisfying. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I want to work in sports uh, too. Just that the fact that this sports team can be like um, just uh, something to uh, hang on when times are tougher or whatever. And um, on that, on bit on the more motivational side, what is maybe a time when you were really in the grind or it was tougher in your career that you remember and that you're proud of going uh, that that you you've got gone through? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, man, like uh, my first job, you know, I was a 
high school sports reporter, like in small area in Alabama. And uh, this is, you know, just out of college. So um, I'm 23 from the time I was 23 to the time I was 28. You know, my friends are getting jobs in, you know, cool cities, Chicago, LA, New York. Uh, and, you know, and, and they're, you know, they're making, you know, pretty good money coming out of college. And I'm, I'm not, you know, and I'm spending my Friday nights in places like Wadley, Alabama, and Roanoke, Alabama, and, you know, writing about these high school football games, Woodland, Alabama, places that people have never heard of. And, and, um, and I was there for five years, man. So it wasn't like, you know, I was only there for a year and then I got a bigger job. Um, and there was definitely times that man, I tell people all the time, I've, I've heard no from, uh, some of the finest institutions in this country. If, if you can name them, they probably told me no before. I've probably applied for them and they've not given me a job. So I think that, I think um, from on a, on a personal side, you know, that was, you know, that there were some tough times, you know, there, I, I enjoyed it for sure, but there was definitely some tough times there. And I think like, you know, it's, it's all of our nature, especially in the society that we live in, man. We, we always see the 30 under 30, the 25 year old millionaire. And then I'm not saying that you shouldn't aspire to be those things, but, you know, everybody's time isn't, 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 isn't your time. And sometimes you may have to be, you know, you, you may have to grind it out for five years being a high school sports reporter, you know what I mean? And um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes a comparison is a thief of all joy. You know, you, you'll see, like, oh man, I was in school with this guy or I was in school with that girl and look at what they're doing now. And it's, you know, and sometimes you have to just keep your head down and understand like, you know, it's, it's, it's in God's time and it's not, in, it's not in, you can't you don't you can't control everything you know all you need is that is that one yes and and that one yes to take you to the next one but sometimes it's not going to happen all the time exactly the way you want it when you want it but you got to stay at it you know keep keep getting better keep remembering why you started doing this in the first place um you know and eventually um you know eventually the opportunities you know if you keep at it they they tend to come yeah yeah super important and what is maybe one lesson that you think your job has taught you maybe back then maybe now that you think everybody should learn in their career yeah this don't sound funny man but uh being a being a, a journalist by trade like coming from that newspaper background man be able to spell like i know that sounds crazy but like people a lot there's a lot of people in this business that's like, true like they don't have they cannot spell they can't like like you know social media is like 140 characters here or an emoji like actually be able to read write and express the idea that's in your head and communicate that to somebody else because that's what's going to take you from one level to the next like know how to spell man I, that's it's like i thought that me being a reporter in my earlier in my career was going to be like a disadvantage because these people have been working for teams they've been working for social media so long etc etc it's helped me more than anything. Like when I write a, a pitch deck, like I'm able to communicate exactly how I, you know, exactly what I want done. When I'm writing a one sheet, or my boss understands, and, and and that take that that's mean so much. So man, like those composition classes, those English classes, your journalism classes, like take those things seriously because it's really it's learning how to communicate, and you're gonna have to communicate to your peers, you're gonna have to communicate to your boss, you're gonna have to communicate the strategy that you want to implement. And if you can't spell, man, you can't like put four decent sentences together, it, it, you're going to be that much more behind the eight ball. So I know that that may not be what you were expecting, but that's a super important. 
No, I think communication is one of the most important aspects of life, just that you make others understand you the correct way. And I think even if some of you maybe say, like, uh, may hear this and maybe like, oh, I'm not that good at spelling or whatever, first, you can practice. And second, maybe you don't want to concentrate yourself on being too good at spelling, but at least know how to communicate with your voice properly and on social media have somebody to correct you because i swear when i, I see a spelling error or whatever it's just let's say you're on tiktok and um do you have somebody uh, in the subtitles speaking and there's an error in the subtitles i think there's a great great chance that just people will scroll off and then you'll just last your your audience just there so maybe not to be the best yourself but at least as somebody that can correct you is a good idea absolutely do you, you think you have we're nearly uh, towards the end i'm so grateful for your time so far do you think you have a productivity tip for getting more in the flow when sometimes you have a tight deadline maybe for students listening or for somebody that has let's say want to work in social media and they're or they're like a, you have the pr team that is rushing to you and you're like oh you gotta take uh, something even if you got your templates and stuff i don't know you gotta write a story in 30 minutes so we can get it out for um the the I don't know, not the Tonight Show, but the six o'clock news or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, the biggest thing nowadays is is lock in, man. Like, um, if you have everything that you need to start writing that story or, or writing whatever you need to put together, you have to you have to lock in. And the biggest thing that the biggest thing that you can do in order to do that is to put your phone down. Like, don't be distracted. Like, you'll be surprised what you can do if you put your phone down and just say for twenty five minutes, I'm going to dedicate myself to doing this this particular task I always tell people like multitasking is a myth you can do multiple tasks but you cannot nobody can do three things at once that's not possible but if you lock in and say hey for the next 20 minutes i'm doing this and this is all i'm focusing on I'm put my phone down turn the tv off you know i'm, I'm turning my notifications off if, I, if you can you know what i mean to to whatever degree you can i'm going to lock in you'll be surprised what you come up with you know what i mean um so i think like that's 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 really important um and then also uh, if you have a list of tasks, I would say do the hard thing first. Yeah, definitely. And I think also regarding that, we 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 spoke about social media in this episode, and it's good. But yeah, like you said, you have to be able to just turn off sometimes because for productivity, social media is definitely not the best. Your your phone in general, whatever it may be. So I think this is an issue also that people have. People are not able to get. Uh, whatever it is they're just so overstimulated in general that they, they're having a lot of difficulties just getting not actually a deep work session but because i, I read the deep work by cal newport so that's why i say that it's, it's a deep um, uh, book on like uh, getting deeper into work and whatever but yeah just getting concentrated for more uh, a big attention span is really something that is lacking to people and i think that you can see it as an opportunity and if you're able to like you said, lock in for, I don't know, what, me, 30 minutes, one hour, one hour, 30, whatever, because uh, everybody is so distracted by other things, you'll make yourself so valuable. Yeah, I would say this too, um, like I always say, one of my things I've been saying to myself recently is that information overload kills your focus, you know, just because you have so much coming in. Um, but one thing that I, that I do, um, this is probably more along the lines of what you were really talking about. One thing that I do is I, I kind of try to take advantage of the scary hours is what I call it. Like sometimes if I know I need to write a one sheet or I know I need to write a pitch deck or whatever, I'll wake up at like four o'clock in the morning. Like nobody's nice. calling me in. 
whatever's on TV is really not that good at that time. Social media isn't, isn't as buzzing. And I'll like lock in for like an hour or two at like four o'clock in the morning. Nobody, you know, it's, it's like the God hours. Nobody's bothering you then. And it really, it really helps, you know what I mean? And then you can still kind of go back to sleep, get a couple hours and, and be all right. But that, that, that's really like when I really need to go to, when I really need to get something done, I might, might go up super early and just knock it out at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I never heard that before, but that's actually a great tool. And if you guys can need to go back to sleep, fine, but at least you'll know that you'll have it uh, locked mm-hmm. in whatever the, the work that you needed to do. All right, so last question um, coming from the colleague from Jacob. I think we spoke a bit about that in the episode, but uh, anyway, I think you can provide maybe a, a more precise answer. How did you adapt personally with social media? not being born like uh, some of the younger industry professionals are there how did you adapt to all of those coming in through the years yeah i mean i was i was slow to it man so like even when it when it came out and when facebook came out when i was in college i wasn't on it i was like i, I don't want to talk to you people like i don't want to know what's going on with y'all day. so um I, at my first job my boss he 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 was like oh you should create a twitter account because you can update people on what's going on with the game so on and so forth and i think after that it really just became like understanding kind of the, the importance of it um and so and then um i think not i think like not growing up with social media actually is, is kind of an advantage in a way because i observe it I, I'm able to observe it objectively as opposed to like, yeah, nice. you know what I'm saying? It's like, like more from an external point of view than just being directly. In it. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, a fish doesn't know what it's like to be outside of water. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I'm, I'm able to kind of observe it a little bit more objectively. And that kind of helps when you're working for a brand, right? Like um, there's a difference between like a person's personal social media accounts and how they might operate on there versus like when you're operating social media for a brand or for a team or something like that you know what i mean so i think um i think like that's actually been an advantage but i think really you know um when you see something bubbling up like when you see it becoming popular go ahead and start learning about it like why are people using this like what what is making discord what makes discord something so valuable that people who are already on four or five social media platforms, why do they want to be a part of this? Like what different, you know, what is it providing that's different? What makes TikTok different from this platform? And what you'll see is they attract different types of people sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, and so, and that's, and that's very important because anytime you're with a, working for a team or a brand, you have to kind of approach it for, from the standpoint of this is the first time that if I'm on TikTok, I have to think about it as like, this is the first time or this is the only way that people are coming across my brand right if i'm on instagram i can't assume that that person's on twitter or facebook too and they're familiar with what we're doing on there i have to try to engage in the way that is um viable on that platform so i think like when you see stuff bumping up go ahead and take a look into it all of it doesn't become super popular we've all seen social media platforms come and go depending on you know what they are but when you see something bumping up go ahead and get interested in it go ahead and kind of do a little bit of research see what people are doing on there and you know Take it from there. And that's it for my conversation with Nick Birdsong. I want to thank Nick again for coming in. I want to thank you guys that are still listening for tuning in today. I hope you learned a ton of stuff. And I also want to invite you to leave a five-star review or to subscribe. If you like what you see, it really helps me, really helps the reference band. If you have also any question, you can also dm the page on instagram the page of the podcast and with that i'll see you in the next episode bye guys